Welcome to Torah Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Danielle Bloom, and today we will be studying Parshas Yisro. I would like to overview the Parsha and then come away with an understanding of the question, the ultimate question, what does it mean to be a Jew? I would like to present an approach that I learned from my teacher, Rabbi Menachem Liebtag, that has truly transformed the way I think about this Parsha. First, the overview. Our Parsha begins in Parak Yudchet, chapter 18 of Shmos, with an incredible contrast to the end of last week's Parsha, which was the war with Amalek. Now, Yisro is arriving at Harsinai and advises Moshe how to structure the judicial system. And herein we have the two reactions of other nations to the Jewish people. They both saw us, but what came next? Amalek despised us. Yisro respects us. Parak 19 is the proposal scene where God asks the people, to become his people at Sinai, and we accept. Parakaf, chapter 20, contains the Ten Commandments, which is, of course, the worst translation ever because it has more than Ten Commandments, at least 15. They are the Aseret HaDevarim, as Moshe calls them in Devarim, the Ten Statements, after which the people are terrified and ask Moshe to become their intermediary. Daber ata imanu v'nishma'a, Please, can you speak to God for us? We do not want to experience God directly. We are afraid it will cause us to die. Now our question. What does it mean to be a Jew? To answer that, we need to go back to Bereshus. The goal of creation is that Hashem wants to have a relationship with every single person. Every human is created. God's kingship needs to be established over the entire universe. But it didn't work out that way. First, with the Mabel, God destroyed the world and decided to start over again with Noah. And at that time, Hashem made a brit, a bris, a covenant with the world that he will never destroy it again. And that covenant came along with a sign, an os bris. The sign of that bris is the rainbow. And that's why we call that the brit hakeshet. As the story progresses, the world has once again gone astray. With the story of Migdal Bavel, we begin to understand that humanity has once again failed to place knowledge of God at the center of existence, and instead has placed themselves at the center. Na'aset lanushem, we will make a name for ourselves. And so how does Hashem react? Well, he cannot destroy the world and start over because he made a bris that he would not do that. And so Hashem goes in another direction. Now Hashem chooses one individual, Avraham Avinu, and with the covenant of Brit Milah, Hashem makes a new bris. It is, I will be your God and you will be my people. You will represent me in the world. Through you, the world will know me. And the sign of that covenant is the Milah, the Os bris. Of course, the bris itself binds us all. In order for this to become a reality, though, we need to become a nation. And that development will unfold over the rest of Bereshus and Shemos until we reach our Parsha. And now, what we have been building toward since the be- very beginning has reached its apex. The Jewish people have been taken out of Egypt. So that, as God said back in Parakvav chapter 6, we have reached Sinai, 
And God asks us the question that our forefather Avram was asked all those years ago. Will you be my people? God says, if you will listen to my voice, if you will keep my covenant, which covenant? The one we've been talking about all this time. And you will be treasured nation for me. And I'd like to suggest so that the world will know me. You will become this. A mamlechet, kohanim, and a goy kadosh. Well, what is that? What is this that we are supposed to become? What does it mean to be a holy nation? What does it mean to be kadosh? How are we to understand what this concept of kiddushah is all about? Am Yisrael doesn't know what it is either. Well, in order to define a word, we have to go back to the first time that it was used in Tanakh. This shoresh, of Kuf Dalad Shin, appeared for the first time in Bereshit Parak Bet, Pasuk Aleph, in our discussion of the day of Shabbos. God has completed creating the world. God blesses the seventh day and he sanctifies it. Now what do we see here? This is something that comes from God. Only God can create Kedusha, whatever it is. And he infused time with the potential for Kedusha. The next time we find this root word is in Shmot Paragimel, when we see God asking Moshe to take off his shoes at the burning bush. God calls to Moshe, and Moshe says, Hineni. And Hashem says, Altikrav halom, don't come closer. Shal ne'alecha me'al raglacha, remove your shoes. Ki ha'makoma sherata omeda lab, admas kodesh hu. This place that you are standing on is holy. Well, now we know something else. Kiddushah is not just something that applies to time, but it is something that applies to space as well. The third time we find the Shoresh, we find it in its active form. First, in Parak Yud Gimel, where we are told in Shmod, Kadesh li kol bechor, we have the obligation to sanctify our firstborn. And then, of course, now, God has infused holiness inside the realm of humanity as well. In all the dimensions of the physical world, we have Kiddushat Azman, Kiddushat HaMakom, and now Kiddushat Adam. But in the first two, God placed the potential there. Now it's something we need to actualize. In Rabbi Liebteg's definition, Kadosh is that which is separated and set aside in order to elevate the whole. And this idea is something we will come back to at the end. First, let's turn to the Aserat HaDevarim and understand the terms of the agreement that we just accepted. These 10 statements are the terms of the deal where God is letting us know what is required. Once we responded and said, Kol hadvarim ha'ela, asher tzivahu Hashem, once we have heard all of these words that God has offered us, we have taken this upon ourselves. We have accepted it. Well, now we need to know all the particular details. So the first statement of Anochi Hashem 
I am God. I am the one that now you will serve forever. And lo you cannot represent anyone else. This is an exclusive relationship. If you do not worship me properly, you will pay for that. God is going to be very strict with us. This is a relationship based on midat din. There's no room for error. You carry God's name on your back. This is God's reputation that is upon you. As the Me'iri says, a Jew who goes to steal with a ta- wrapped in a talus, that's the ultimate violation of this command. You represent Hashem. And depending on how we behave, that determines how God is viewed. We need to be ethical, we need to be moral, and we need to explain that our ethics and our morals come from the Torah, come from Hashem. I had a student once ask me, well, just because I'm born Jewish means I have all this responsibility on my back? 3,000 years I'm walking around with? And I said, yes, that is exactly the bris. Which leads us to Shabbos. Shabbos is the os bris. Just as each of the previous britot that we encountered had an os, the keshes, the mila. Well, we also need an os for this brit. Oti beini ubeinechem. This is the sign between us and God that we are His and He is ours. It's the sign forever that God has created the universe. It becomes the symbol of the covenant. And it makes sense because if Kiddushah means separated to elevate the whole, well, anyone who keeps Shabbos can tell you that keeping Shabbos isn't just about one day a week. It's the day that's separated, that elevates, transforms, and changes the whole week. And that's what we're supposed to be. We are supposed to be this nation that is separated in order to elevate the rest of the world. The way the Sforno explains the words, he says, we are the priests of the rest of the world. We are separated out, not for ourselves, not for our own sake, but for the sake of bringing knowledge of Hashem. To everyone else. Next, the obligation to honor our parents. Well, this is really important. We need to teach this to our children. This is the only possible way that we will be a nation that moves into the future. Our mission as the Jewish people is greater than any one person or one person's life. It is eternal. No human being can be eternal, but a nation can be eternal. How will you become this eternal nation? Well, only if you have children who understand their mission. All the five commandments or statements on the second, uh, the last five through ten, uh, six through ten, the last five, are all an extension of lotachmod. Not to kill and not to commit adultery. These are all behaviors that can find their root inside jealousy. We have to block off that jealousy. We have to stay so far away from it that it will not lead us into the trap of any of the four other behaviors. Our covenantal commitment, Brit Sinai, which already began by our avos, can only be appreciated if we understand what happened back in Bereshis. In Shemos, it reaches its climax. These are the terms of the covenant between God 
and a nation chosen to represent him. And the idea that the Torah is the guide for how we are to act in order to properly represent God. Let's go back to our ultimate question. What makes a Jew a Jew? And Rabbi Sachs's words, the Jewish people is the only nation to have had a mission statement. Most are defined in terms of language, geography, political structure, long association, and the like. Jews became a nation by adopting a task, by covenanting with God. Absent that, and it's hard to say what it is to be a Jew. So what makes a Jew a Jew? A Jew is on a mission. A Jew represents Hashem in this world. Thank you for learning together with the OU Women's Initiative.